this NFL Week 5 Thursday night football edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress and use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win up to 100 times your entry. That's right. Turn $5 into $500 in just one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. Finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN. To get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, October the 4th, currently 12.50 on the East Coast. Here to kick off NFL Week 5 with the Thursday night football betting preview between the Chicago Bears and the Washington football team slash commanders slash Redskins, whatever you would like to call them. But joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as the voice of here, of course, the NFL Gambling Podcast. The MLB, NBA, WNBA, and Tennis Gambling Podcast is Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, how's it going, my man? Hey, doing pretty well. Uh, just finished recording with you the baseball card uh, for yep. Wednesday, so that'll be posted in a few minutes. But for football, I would say this is going to be fun. The podcast will be, but I don't know about <laughs> the game because you got the Bears on not even national TV. They are going to be in the standalone game, and that's usually not a fun time for people involved. Yeah, this is the the highlight, I guess, not even maybe a national game, not even on TV for the Chicago Bears. Uh, we have a lot of sad Bear fans, uh, not only within uh, uh, our uh, our host group uh, of SGPN, but also fans of uh, the Bears that are also in our Discord as well. And of course, if you are a Bears fan uh, listening to this podcast, you're just not feeling very good about your football team right now as they are are, uh, one of the winless teams at 0-4. They go up against the Commanders this week, who are Uh, 2-2. Every time I say Commanders, Scott, like I hear Kobe's voice in my head going, who are the Commanders? Uh, Every time I see that on on Twitter slash X. But, hey, we still have a football game to talk about. I'll do my best to fill in for the villain. I know he is either going through uh, some type of sickness or he is sick of his Giants team. But we'll find that out. Uh, sooner rather than later so uh, you guys already know how Terrell and Scott do it on this Thursday night football episode I'll do my best to fill in for uh, Terrell going through uh, everything that they do on these Thursday night football games but Scott last week we could quickly talk about how the Bears just fumbled away a three touchdown lead against oh boy the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson as they just let him back into the football game tied it up 
And then Russell Wilson throws a beauty of a ball to Marvin Mims to get him into field goal range. They nail the field goal. Justin Fields and the offense did have an opportunity to at least get the tying field goal to possibly send it into overtime, but he throws a pick to end the game um, against the Denver Broncos, and they are still winless here, Scott. Yeah, you can kind of, I don't want to say compare it to the Zach Wilson game on Sunday night, but there are some parallels where both bad quarterbacks played really well early in the game, and then late in the game, they blew it. I mean, Zach Wilson dropped the snap, and they didn't get the ball back, and the Jets lost, and Mm -hmm. the Bears ended up having a fumble touchdown from Justin Fields. That is the third separate defensive touchdown allowed by Chicago this season. And then Fields threw a pick on the final drive. So even when you get the game of Justin Fields' career and maybe the game of Zach Wilson's career, both those teams still lost because both quarterbacks kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. I don't think Justin Fields is good. I've gone on record saying this. I'm not alone. But I do think looking at how that game ended, Fields reverted back to who he is. Yeah, he's a turnover prone quarterback who makes bad decisions. And I feel like that's once again, going to be a problem. The defense was okay for the first two quarters, two and a half quarters. Then they reverted back to being bad because Russell Wilson moved the ball at will in that fourth quarter. But uh, on the bright side, the bears have the top two picks in the upcoming draft. Yeah. I might just, I mean, look, I know the, the talk is about Caleb Williams, but again, he, he has the, the ball is in his court because he can always go back to USC. And I think he said he can make more money um, being the quarterback for the Trojans and being a quarterback for either the what seems like it's going to be the Chicago Bears or, you know, maybe the Cardinals. If they start tanking uh, for the Our rest Cardinals of the season. won a game, so they're yeah. already behind, you know? Yeah, they're already behind. So we'll see what transpires for bears fans. And I mean, if you didn't watch this game or maybe even not watch the highlights between that game, between the bears and the Broncos, you would have thought looking at just Justin Fields' statistics of how well he played in that game. But the second half was really the telling story. Like you mentioned the fumble um, that was returned for the touchdown, the interception that he did throw at the end, which kind of tells you how bad the Denver Broncos defense is as well. But Scott, uh, obviously Thursday night football, NFL week five kicks off with the bears and the commanders. Let's get into the side and total and we'll work our way there. So currently the bears uh, are a six point underdog against the commanders who are at home in this game. Total is sitting at 44 and a half. If you're interested in the money line, that price is currently at minus 265 over on uh, DraftKings for the commanders and plus 215 for the Chicago bears. Uh, on the money line i'll get to the uh, injury report here for these teams here i'll start here with um the chicago bears as of october 3rd which was yesterday i see two guys on the injury report eddie jackson safety for the bears is questionable he is planning to play on thursday against uh washington and then jalen johnson their other cornerback officially listed as questionable uh no uh, indication if he is going to play in this game or not for the commanders um chris rodriguez running back uh not much of a i guess um storyline to talk about there john dotson is he is officially said as questionable he has an ankle injury he was a limited participant on tuesday and then also curtis samuel a uh, wide receiver for the uh commanders he's dealing with a quadriceps injury he is also limited participant at practice on Tuesday. So 
Um, possibly, I think both guys, at least Jahan Dotson, will probably end up playing, but we'll keep an eye on, just keep that in mind. At least two of the wide receivers for this commander's team are on the injury report heading into the game on Thursday. Scott, let's start with, uh, start with the, uh, the spread here. Minus six in favor of the commanders. Can you make a case here for the winless Bears? You can make a case because Washington defensively is not very good. So if you think that the Bears actually got something from last week going offensively and that can carry over, then they got a shot because Washington is not a good team. They're far ahead of the Bears, but that mm -hmm. involves laying six points with a mediocre team, if we can call Washington that. Sure. So yeah. that might scare some people off. It's not going to scare me off, but it might scare some other people off. I can't back Chicago. I, I just simply put, I, I don't trust this team at all. I think that besides when, when it comes to team, the word team gets thrown around a lot when it comes to an overall roster. They are one of the most dysfunctional franchises in the entire league. The Bears don't know what they're doing. And it's not yeah. even team-based entirely. Eberflus has looked like a very underwhelming head coach. The defensive coordinator got FBI rated allegedly. Apparently that might not have happened, but still. Uh, that he had to resign. So they had to switch coordinators midway through. They have one of the worst defenses of all time. What is there to like about this team? The coaching staff stinks. The roster is not very good. And I don't think their quarterback's any good. So I'm going to lean to Washington because Biennemi and Hal have looked really good together. Mm -hmm. They almost beat Philly. You can yeah. argue they maybe should have beaten Philly if they went for two at the end of regulation. Or maybe McLaurin you thought was inbounds and that might have extended the drive. But I kind of like this commander's team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they're fun. They can yeah. score points and their pass rush has some guys. And I do think that Chicago has some problems protecting Justin Fields has no pocket presence whatsoever. But I do think looking at this matchup, I am going to lean to Washington at home because I wonder if the bears are going to be able to build off of last week or it's one of those so close, so far losses where they were able to taste it, it fell apart, and now it's going to linger and they're going to perform even worse in this upcoming week. I'm leaning to the Commanders minus six. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think, I feel like the public side here is going to be the Commanders. And I mean, obviously, for the reasons that you just pointed out, you see a winless Chicago Bears team. They're also 0-4 against the spread. Uh, thus far this season, the only, or I don't want to say the only team uh, that is uh, hasn't covered the spread, but one of many teams that hasn't won against the spread this season. It hasn't even been close in some of those games. And you take a look at the commander side. They got the come from behind victory in game, uh, or sorry, week one, I should say, um, against the Arizona Cardinals, followed that up by a road victory in come from behind fashion against the Denver Broncos. And then against superior opponents uh, in the Eagles and the, or I should say the Bills and the Eagles, um, you made the, I mean, you, if you watch this game, you know, you're right that the commanders had an opportunity to win that game if they did decide to go for two at that end of the game, but they didn't. And then also the Terry McLaurin, uh, if he was in or not, uh, but they got their doors blown out by Buffalo Bills team who, you know, really found their stride over the last three weeks here. So I'm not going to really fault them for that, but I think you nailed it. I mean, this commander's team has a lot of talent uh, on both sides of the football. We take a look at their wide receiving group with led by scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson has been good in his first uh, season as a, in a, sorry, his last year 
in his rookie season. That's carried over to this season here as well. Brian Robinson making the comeback. He's been uh, pretty good for that running back group as well. Antonio Gibson has just fallen off of the cliff um, ever since Brian Robinson came into this team. And like you mentioned, Sam Howell has been a very competent, I guess, average quarterback, we can say, so far this season. Um, and maybe a lot of that credit does go to Eric Bieniemy here as well. But, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I can't put my money, hard, hard-earned money on uh, the Bears team. Last season, these two teams did match up on, I believe it was Thursday Night Football as well, um, in Chicago. Uh, that game was a 12-7 to victory uh, in favor of the Commanders. But I'm with you. Minus six here. I would, I would, I would lean that way. Um, but again, I just feel like that is going to be the public side here, which takes us over to the total here, Scott, 44 and a half. Any thoughts on the total in this game? I think I'm going to lean to the over. It's tricky because it is a primetime game. And once again, you are expecting unders based on how the primetime games have gone this season. I see points. Commanders are a pretty good over team because the defense isn't very good and they can score a decent amount of points. And Chicago is one of the worst defenses of all time. So yeah. I am going to look at the over. I think this line's a bit short. If I told you Washington scored 30, would you be totally shocked? Not really. I can see them scoring 30. I can see Chicago scoring 23 in this game. Like I think that Chicago can move the chains against this defense, and I mm -hmm. do think the commanders with Hal can score. So I like the over. I would prefer a 44 flat, obviously, as opposed to 44 and a half. But yeah. I do think looking at this overall game, I have like a – 30 to 20 type of score in my head. So 30, 20, 30, 17. So I am going to go with the over. I know it's not popular on prime time, but I do think Washington can move the ball well against this Chicago defense. I'm on the over. Chicago has lost 14 straight games dating back to week eight of last season. They've allowed at least 25 points in each of those 14 losses. Uh, dating back to last season. So, um, I mean, there's no secret. This secondary for the Chicago Bears has been absolutely atrocious, um, to say the least. I know their rush defense has been respectable, but it's really that secondary. And, again, we talked about it where Russell Wilson in that fourth quarter of last week was able to pick them apart and get them back in that game. Um, so that just kind of tells you on how bad the Chicago Bears defense is. And um, I know we'll talk about player props here in a second, but I'm going to go. I, I like the over in this game. Like you mentioned, I think the commanders, they can score the, the football. Um, I think the the Washington defense has not been very good, especially their pass defense. Uh, so I think Justin feels if he's smart enough and he's able to use his legs um, and create plays that way, they can move the chains as well. Because last season, I, I think weather may have played a factor, but. Uh, the Bears were had a lot of success on the ground, and that was led by Justin Fields, who had 12 attempts for 88 yards last season in this matchup. Khalil Herbert also uh, chipped in with seven rush attempts, 74 yards. And then for David Montgomery, 15 attempts and 67 rushing yards uh, in that game. So it was a nice attack on the ground for the, um, for the uh, Chicago Bears. Uh, all right, Scott, before we uh, continue dissecting this uh, Thursday night football game, let me tell everyone about game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't have to be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets. And their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. 
The app is really easy to use. If you haven't already checked it out, there's some great features on there. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Plus, the best part I love about their app is that before you actually buy tickets to a specific event, you actually get to see the image of your seat view for that specific venue. Their lowest price are guaranteed. They also have event event cancellation protection as well. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So get exclusive flash deals on tickets, not only for football, but also NBAs around the corner, baseball, uh, playoffs are in full swing, concerts, comedy, and uh, theater, and much more that's near you. So the Game Time guarantee means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their prices. Get images of your seat, like I mentioned before, you buy them so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set to go. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you don't have to haggle through your email box or even your mailbox waiting for the tickets. Nope, they're right there on your mobile device. So all you got to do is download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code SGPN to get $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time app, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bets with the circle stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as, as, well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, uh, let's get over to some player props that we like in this game. We'll rattle off three that we like each in this game. Uh, You want to lead us off here with your player props here, Scott? Sure. So even though you said that Chicago's defense is a lot worse against the pass than it is against the run, it's still not good against the run. I'm going to go with Brian (laughs) Robinson over 63 and a half rushing yards at minus 110. Dating back to last year, he's had at least 70 in six of the last nine games he's played in. Washington's also favored by about six, six and a half. So game flow suggests he might get a decent amount of work in the second half if they are winning, since they do want to drain clock, might get a little bit more usage out of it. And Chicago is still allowing 115.5 rushing yards per game, which ranks 18th in the league. So Chicago, once again, still below average against the run. Some of it's game flow based. Some of it is just Robinson being a very solid running back. But I am going to go with Robinson to go over the rushing yards. It just feels like 63 and a half is pretty low. Gibson is mostly a pass catcher and a third down guy. But Robinson is the main running back for this team. And he's been very good. He even had a pretty good game against the Eagles, all things being considered, because Philly has the best run defense in the league. So I'm going to go with Robinson over 63 and a half rushing yards. That line just feels a bit low. Yeah, I like it. I know I have Brian Robinson on my uh, fantasy team. So So uh, he's... Yeah, he's been a, a great uh, addition uh, on that on your fantasy teams if you do have a. But you know, like you mentioned, Scott, he's gone over this uh, project. What was the number you said? I'm sorry. Uh, it was 63 and a half. He's gone over this number in six of the last nine. 
Yeah, and then he's done it twice this season already, um, which was against the Buffalo Bills, 10 attempts, 70 yards, and then he also did that against the Denver Broncos. It's uh, good against in- Buffalo, honestly. 10 carries in an awful game flow game where they lost like 37 nothing, and he still went over the number? Yeah. Um, 18 rushes against the Broncos, 87 yards in that game, two touchdowns uh, in that game as well against the Broncos. But, yeah, definitely I cannot argue against this. Uh, definitely a Brian Robinson fan for sure. Um, for my first player problem, I'm going to look at Sam Howell in this game. I'm going to take the over on his passing touchdowns. That's at uh, over one and a half passing touchdowns, minus 105. And it's pretty simple. I mean, we talked about how bad this Bears uh, pass defense is. You take a look at the three, sorry, the four quarterbacks they have faced this season. Three out of those four quarterbacks have at least three or had exactly three passing touchdowns uh, against the Bears uh, pass defense. Go back to week one, Jordan Love, three passing touchdowns in that game. I know Baker didn't get there. He did have one passing touchdown. Um, And then uh, obviously Patrick Mahomes in week three had three passing touchdowns. And then last week, Russell Wilson had uh, three passing touchdowns against his Bears defense as well. And Sam Howell, I mean, we mentioned that I think for a lot of us, he's, at least through the first four weeks of the regular season has exceeded, you know, expectations, um, you know, coming into the season. I know he's only had one game this season where he's had two passing touchdowns, but for me, it's really about just really fading this past defense of the Chicago bears. So at minus one Oh five, close to even money. I'll take Sam Howell to give me two passing touchdowns. Yeah, I like that play too. Uh, it was one of my runner-ups. I decided not to go with it. I thought about the passing yards for Hal so I could back him in some capacity, mm-hmm. but it's mostly a game flow thing. I just wasn't sure if I was going to be able to trust him to go over if there's a chance Washington just buries him and suddenly they're running the ball the entire second half. Yeah. Uh, Scott, take us to your next player prop, man. What do you got? So you mentioned a quarterback prop. I'm going to go to the other team. I'm going to go with Justin Fields to throw a pick at minus 129. He's had at least one reception in each of his last five games. So every game this season and uh, one game last year. And he's also had at least one reception in eight of his last 10 games. He's not good. I've I've said it for a while. He's just a bad quarterback, but interception at minus 129 for a guy that's done it in eight of the last 10 games. That's a good deal for me. If you're expecting Chicago to once again struggle in this game, they're going to have to play catch up. You might get more pass attempts. And we know Fields makes really dumb decisions with the football Give me Fields interception of minus 129. Yeah, uh, commanders have picked off Russell Wilson this season. Also, Josh Allen, two quarterbacks that are very turnover prone. And, you know, we talk about Justin Fields, uh, another uh, very, very turnover prone uh, quarterback. So it might be another game script where you try to see them either trying to get back in this game in that late fourth quarter um, and kind of similar to what happened last week where he throws that pick at the end of the game. Hopefully it comes sooner so you don't have to sweat it out here. But again, uh, with Justin Fields, the, the, the turnovers have definitely been there uh, in the games that he has played at the NFL level. Um, for my next player prop, I will go over to uh, DJ Moore. I'm going to look at his longest completion um, at uh, – sorry, longest reception, I should say. I'm sorry. Longest reception for uh, DJ Moore, 21 and a half. I'll take the over on that. Um So so the first three weeks of the regular, sorry, the four weeks of the regular season, DJ Moore, I believe when I was looking at this and I'm pulling it up again right now because my page just uh, blanked out on me, but 
has gone over uh, this uh, longest reception of 21 and a half. I want to say it was at least three out of the four games um, for the Chicago Bears offense. Um, yeah, so week um, week two and on, he's gone over this projection of longest uh, reception of 21 and a half. 33 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, again, are one of the better defenses, I guess we can say, at least their uh, rush defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas City had a long reception of 29, and then last week against the Denver Broncos, um, he had one for 29 as well. And then you look at the flip side, the commanders are also given up, uh, they've given up at least a 30, uh, a long reception of 30 yards or more in all four uh, weeks of the regular season thus far. And I go, you know, DJ Moore has been one of the more consistent wide receivers, if not the only wide receiver really for the Chicago Bears offense. I know they have that whole thing with Chase Claypool going on, and and I know they have Cole Komet, who had a, a lot of hype coming into the season. Um, but if you take a look at you know targets, him and uh, Cole Komet are tied. But at least at the wide receiver position, it's Darnell Mooney. But Mooney in four games has eight receptions on twelve targets. After that, there's really no other wide receiver on this on this roster that you know even comes close to the production that DJ Moore has put up. So. Again, if we're looking at game script again, if we're expecting uh, points to be scored in this game, and again, if the Chicago Bears are playing from behind, I think that DJ Moore definitely can get over this a long reception of 21 and a half. So hopefully he can make it four straight weeks here, Scott. Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned the longest reception because I'm actually going to go to the same exact market but a different player. I'm going to go with Cole Komet. I'm going to go with his longest reception under 15 and a half yards at minus 108. He's gone under this number in three of the last uh, three of the first four games of the season. He's gone under this number in six of his last eight games. And Washington, they might not be a good defensive team, but they are really, really good against tight ends. Washington's yeah. allowing the fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. They're just really good at covering tight ends. So I'm not sure how many receptions Komet's actually going to get. I feel like it's an overreaction to his huge week last week against one of the worst defenses in the league, a mm-hmm. team reminder that gave up 70 points the week prior. Komet, I just think his number's a bit high based on what happened last year. I mean, last uh, last week, I mean. But before that, he really didn't do much. And I think that 15.5 against the best tight end defense in the league just seems a little bit high to me. I'm going to go with the under longest reception here at 15.5. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for like Cole Komet to really kind of come out of his shell because, again, like I mentioned, he just had a lot of hype. He did um, last you know. week. I mean, I liked him in Notre Dame, but once again, yeah. his quarterback doesn't have any vision. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm not going to argue against that, especially uh, a uh, like you mentioned, the commander's defense, who has been one of the better ones against a tight end position uh, this season, not only allowing the fewest uh, or one of the fewest points uh, fantasy-wise, but also – you take a look at the yardage and the uh, receptions that the um, lack thereof uh, that the commanders have allowed against that tight end position. 3.7 receptions per game, but they're only allowing 19.3 uh, receiving yards to that tight end position uh, thus far this season. All right, Scott, before we get over to our last round of player props here, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy hundred times payout. From now until October 4th, that's the last day, which is on Wednesday, Underdog is matching 100% of your first deposit of up to $500. 
100,000 on Sundays continues on Underdog Fantasy. 10 lucky players will win $10,000 each. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, like I mentioned, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $500. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. Uh, all right, Scott, let's get over to our last round of player props here. Third player prop. Um, you want to lead this one off? I already gave out my three. Oh, you already gave out three. Okay. So I'll give out my, I, last I had the one. Robinson rushing yards, yeah, yeah. the fields interception and commit under longest reception. Yeah. So I'll give out my last one here. And I think that I'm going to just go back to Justin field on the ground here. I think there's a, 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 a situation here where he definitely i mean we know that he's done this multiple multiple times throughout his career or his short career in the nfl going over his rushing yards at 47 and a half and you know i talked about it last season where these two teams did match up in chicago he had 12 rushing attempts for 88 yards in that game um we talked about this front seven for the washington commanders and i mean they have guys by the names of chase young you know, Sweat, um, Allen in those front seven guys, and they can probably take advantage of this offensive line of the Chicago Bears who also have been dealing with a lot of injuries and just are not very good at blocking. So I think that for Justin Fields, he's going to have to utilize his legs in this game as well because he's not going to have the opportunity to sit back there and, and find his receivers um, uh, more times than not in this game. So I think that he's going to have to utilize his legs in this game against his commander's front seven. So that's one of the things I do trust about Justin Fields is his ability to use his legs because we saw him do it, you know, in his career at Ohio state, we saw him do it last season as well, where he had over a thousand rushing yards for the Chicago bears offense. But I think that this is going to be another game where he's going to have to utilize his legs going up against that front seven, who's going to create a, a, a great pass rush up against that Chicago bears offensive line here, Scott. So I'll take the over 47 and a half on Justin Fields uh, rushing yards here. Yeah, I'm rooting for you. I tried to go for Fields rushing yards last week. I actually went for Fields 100 plus rushing yards at six to one. Uh, that did not work out because Denver was the worst team against the run. I'm like, all right, maybe Fields will actually run a little bit. And then he started 23 at 24. So I don't really know what the hell happened there. But <laughs> the point is, I think I'm just done with Fields. I, I, I've tried. It seems like the coaches actively just don't want him to run on it, at least for designed runs. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. He's not a good passer. You might as well let him do what he's comfortable with. But it seems like the coaches really want him to just stand back there and just chuck it. I I agree with your point, though, with his lack of proper pocket presence and with the bad offensive line. Washington might get after him. He might have to scramble a couple of times without that being the design play. I just wish for a quarterback getting 40-plus rushing yards, they would call an occasional quarterback run. Occasionally. But they just don't. I think it's something similar to what we saw on Monday Night Football with Daniel Jones, who was just, you know, just didn't even have a chance in that game against the Seahawks pass rush, who hasn't been very good this season. I know that uh, the Giants have had a lot of offensive line injuries as well, but even Jones in that game, I know this is a different, you know, game we're talking about, but I think it's something similar where he had 10 attempts for 66 yards in that game to Daniel Jones. But again, I just kind of go back to last season where, like I mentioned, he had 88 rushing yards against his Washington Commanders uh, pass rush. So I know he's only done this one game this season, um, and he fell short by half a yard, uh, or I should say one yard did Justin Fields in one game where he had 47. 
And I think this might be an opportunity in this game where he can uh, get over his passing yards. Um, uh, sorry, his rushing yards uh, uh, projection in this game. All right, Scott, let's move it along here to where are we going next? You want to get into our DFS lineups for the Thursday night football game? Sure. Yeah, so why don't you kick us off here for uh, DFS here? Uh, so for the first uh, player that I'm going to go with for DFS, looking at the actual captain spot here, I am going to go with Sam Howell. I tried to go for somebody that would be a little bit you know, less common, but I really just couldn't do it. Uh, just looking at the actual matchup, it's too good for Howell. Chicago's pass defense is awful, and we're just looking at the really just the matchup itself and how with how good he looked against Philly. I think he's in line for a massive game here. So I went with Howell. I'm not going to go much more into depth on that. I, I just think that Chicago's defense is that bad. Give me Sam Howell as my captain. Yeah, I had the same exact thing here with um with, with Sam Howell. Again, again, I think this is going to be a game where he should have success throwing the football uh, and the, exactly why I bagged him on his over uh, passing uh, touchdowns in this game. But I mean, this secondary in the past defense for the Chicago bears has just been so bad um, this season. And again, we, like we talked about three out of the four quarterbacks that the bears have faced this season have been uh, or have thrown at least for three touchdowns. I think that Sam Howell may not throw for three. I think he'll get two for sure. But I think this is an opportunity where he can take advantage of this secondary. So I had him in my captain spot here as well. Uh, take us over to let's go to the running back position. Who are you putting in there? Uh, so for this one, the platform I'm using actually just has flexes. So it has an okay. MVP and a flex. Okay. So the four flexes, the first one I have is actually going to be the running back. I got Brian Robinson Jr. I had to go with a lot of commanders offensive guys because Chicago's sure. defense is that bad. And I said before I'm linked to the over in the game. But that's because I think Washington can potentially score 30 in this game. I think Robinson's going to score, simply put. So if I'm picking him to go for 70 yards and a touchdown, maybe more, I got to put him in my lineup. So I'll take Robinson uh, in my flex spot. I, I'm not going to argue against you. I know we talked about how we do like Brian Robinson for fantasy purposes in this game here as well. So uh, I am with you on um, on on Brian Robinson. Um I'm going to go with DJ Moore uh, again. Uh, we talk about at the first flex spot here for me. So this, this wide receiving group for the um, bears is thin, right? It's pretty much it's Darnell Mooney and it's DJ Moore and DJ Moore is up there in targets. He's up there with Cole Komet uh, as far as targets um, leading the team in targets here. And again, we know the snap counts. He's up there close to 90 plus percent. Um, is uh, uh, DJ Moore. And I think that he should have some success against this um, secondary for the commanders, who, again, like we talked about at the top of the show, that they're susceptible to also giving up points. So we saw some of the wide receivers that they have faced have gotten, um, you know, have had success not only catching the football, but also scoring touchdowns. So I think DJ Moore should have a big game here uh, for at least the uh, wide receiving uh, group here for the uh, Bears. So I will go with that as my first flex spot here. What do you got next? So I got McLaurin as well. If I'm going to end up using Hal, I got to use some type of stack. So mm -hmm. give me McLaurin, who I think is easily the best receiver on this team. He had a pretty good game against Philly. Would have been a bigger day if he was ruled in bounce in that, on that overtime catch. But we know how good McLaurin is. We know Chicago can't cover any receivers. I think McLaurin has a chance to score two, but it's mostly a stack with Hal. Give me McLaurin at a salary of 12,000. 
Yeah, I went for the with the uh, Jahan Dodson stack uh, in this game, and it's, okay, so something similar to what you just mentioned with Scary Terry. I know that he does get most of the um, targets. Uh, but I mean, you take a look at this wide receiving group, the ball is actually being shared around because you have three guys, um, or all three wide receivers, I should say for the commanders have at least 20 plus targets through the first four weeks, Curtis Samuel, 20, Jahan Dotson, 25, and then Terry McLaurin has 26. And I know, um, Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin each have one touchdown on the season, but I think this might be a game where they're at least at excuse me, at minimum, able to double their touchdown um, totals through the first four weeks of the season here. So I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson at my flex spot here as well. What do you got next uh, here, Scott? So I'm going to throw in a bear because I have to. Uh, I'm yeah. going to go with Darnell Mooney at 8,500. It was mostly just a low salary guy who's going to be on the field a lot. You mentioned DJ Moore. I acknowledge how good of a talent he is, but Mooney had a pretty decent game last week. I had to pick one bear. And I wasn't going to go with the ground game because I do think that you're looking at a game flow that suggests Chicago might have to abandon the run at some point. Mm -hmm. But it was mostly based on Mooney having a decent game. Maybe they can build on that momentum for this upcoming game. But it's a low salary for a wide receiver two on a team. I took Mooney as my bear. All right. Um, I will go with the Washington Commanders defense in this game. Um, maybe you took the interception prop, which again, kind of just blends in here with why I do like the commanders in this, uh, at the, one of the flex spots here. I think that number one, that they will be able to generate pressure on, um, on Justin Fields. And I think that again, we saw it last week where the Denver Broncos not only were able to strip sack fumble or, or force a fumble against Justin Fields and take it back to the house, a defensive touchdown there ending the game with an interception there as well. Um, I like this front seven of the commanders. I think they'll have a, a, a pretty good game against Justin Fields. So I'm going to put them in as one of my flex spots here as well. That's my final pick. I got the commander's defense. I, I couldn't really go against it. Just looking at a spot where, once again, Chicago's allowed a defensive touchdown to three separate teams so yeah. far this season. They've played four games. So I can't really go against the defense. We know Chicago can block. We know Fields is careless with the ball. I had to take him. That's my final uh, flex spot as well. Yeah, and then the last uh, one I have, I think, yeah, is going to be, I'll take Khalil Herbert. I know that they might have to abandon the game, but when we talk about some of the skill positions, I know we talked about, or I talked about at volumes, about the lack there of the wide receiving group here for uh, the uh, Chicago Bears. I think, you know, maybe we'll see some screen passes here, you know, maybe some dump downs or things like that. And I think Khalil Herbert can be a guy uh, that can, you know, be a beneficiary of that. I mean, even last season, he had um, seven rushes for 74 yards against his commander's team. I think some type of combination where he may be also finally able to find the end zone here um, against this um, Bears or against this commander's defense. I think that's definitely in the realm of possibility here because, again, they're very thin at the wide receiving position, so they're going to have to get some type of contribution from um, the wide receiving, uh, sorry, from the running back group here, uh, whether that's early on in the rushing game or eventually if they do get behind, um, you know, maybe screen pass or something like that. Khalil Herbert can break one out um, as far as adding him to your DFS lineup. Um, anything else for as far as DFS? 
Not really. Uh, you mentioned Herbert. His usage has gone up and his snap count's gone up, even though I actually think Roshan Johnson's a pretty good player. Yeah. So it does seem like the coaches really like Herbert. So for usage purposes, I got no issues with uh, putting him in your lineup. Yeah. All right. So let's get over to prior to our best bets here. Let's get into some uh, some the fun stuff here. The touchdown scores uh, in this game. I know both you and I, Scott, are expecting some points to be had in this game for sure. Currently, the number is at 44 uh, to 44 and a half, depending on your book. But um, let's give out some touchdown props here, whether it's first touchdown or any time touchdown. Uh, let's kick it off with first touchdown here. Then we could get us some any time ones here. Scott, what do you got? Sure. Uh, so for first touchdown, I was going to go with the one usual suspect. I was tempted by Robinson. Uh, I feel like, once again, I'm kind of obligated to be tempted by it because he has been the main rushing threat for this team. And he's ferocious on the goal line he's going to give it all he's got and i do like a guy that runs with a lot of toughness a guy who's not afraid of contact and robbins is not afraid of bouncing off a couple of tacklers in route to a potential touchdown so robinson i feel like definitely makes a lot of sense for this matchup the question is if his price was too cheap or not did you pick him for first touchdown or do you think that that price is a little bit too cheap i i consider taking him at uh, i mean i hate because it's five down. to one, like that's why it was. Yeah, um, I considered him um, for any time touchdown, but that's also at a minus price as well. Yeah, I mean, I I don't hate it. I mean, I mean, it makes sense for. I mean, this Bears brush defense is average at best, and I know that we've seen uh, Brian Robinson find the end zone at least in the two of the first four games uh, this season, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate it. I mean, I know it's not the big glorious price that a lot of our listeners do crave, but I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense for a Brian Robinson uh, for first touchdown. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah, well, I was going to say, I yeah. think the price is a little bit too cheap. So I was yeah. going to say that I like yeah. Robinson in general, and I think he's got a good chance of scoring first, but that price is pretty low. So I think I yeah. am going to actually stay away from Robinson, but okay. I wanted to at least ask you if you thought it was too low or thought that was warranted. I, I would have thought like Terry McLaurin would have been like favored for first touchdown. I mean, he is second at plus six fifty uh, over currently over on DraftKings, but I, obviously the books are expecting the Commanders to score first here because you have four guys on the offensive side of the football for the Commanders listed as quote unquote the favorites to be the first touchdown scores. And Brian Robinson five to one, Terry McLaurin's plus six fifty, Jahan Dotson eleven to one, and then Antonio Gibson at eleven to one. Yeah, but the point is, I think Robinson's got a good chance, but I decided yeah. not to with the price. Okay, McLaurin's kind of the same way, plus six fifty. Nah, I, I kind of wanted a bit more there. Usually, my cutoffs like eight to one. Eight to one will be the lowest I'll go. So I do think yeah. I'm going to pass on those two guys. I'm going to start off with a somewhat long shot. I'm going to go out of order just based on what caught my eye first. I yes. think Sam Howell at seventeen to one is quite appealing. Okay. Uh, because he's very mobile. He has a touchdown earlier this season. And I do think, once again, with his mobility, he's always a threat. You always look at the quarterbacks who might take a QB sneak, maybe looking at a guy who can find a way into the end zone. I think that Hal's got a chance. And I do think looking at his current price of 17 to 1, shopping around, Fandle's got 13 to 1. So you're saving yeah. a pretty solid penny uh, just by looking around. Give me Sam Howell at 17 to 1. Usually we give out three or four. You want me to just roll? Uh, yeah, yeah. Rattle it off. Yeah. So I'll go for Howell at 17 to 1. 
Fandle has McLaurin at nine to one compared to DraftKings plus six fifty. Mm. That I will take. I will take McLaurin at nine to one. I think that's okay. a very good deal. So I'm going to go with the, with that. I am going to go with Washington defense and special teams at twenty eight to one on DraftKings. Mm. A reminder: I'm using DraftKings because Fanduel does not include special teams. That is only defense. I will take the special teams included at twenty eight to one. And for the Bears. I can really pick anybody, if it, just to be honest. Um, who do I want to go with for the Bears? I'll go with Herbert at thirteen to one. Okay. Um, yeah, the first one that I, I I wrote down for sure was that Washington uh, defense slash special teams to score. I mean, we can always see a case where Justin Fields comes out, throws a pick six, or fumbles it, and they just pick it up and run it back into the end zone. I mean, we saw that. What was it? I think it was. Um, the Steelers and the Browns game where Deshaun Watson on his first pass attempt threw a pick six to the Steelers defense and they were able to get into the end zone. Um, And again, we talked about our volumes on this episode thus far, how, how turnover prone Justin Fields is. So yeah, I wrote that one down first for myself for at 28 to one. Um, I'll throw in Justin Fields as well. Again, I, I'm I'm very high on him utilizing his legs um, in this game. and. Again, I think that for Justin Fields, it's going to be that he's going to have to make quick decisions, whether it's in the red zone, whether it's within the 10-yard line of scoring a touchdown, or whether it's you know, 40, 50 yards down the field because his pass rush will be able to take advantage of what the Chicago Bears offensive line is. So 11-1 to for Justin Fields as my uh, Chicago Bear there. I don't hate that price. Um, there's another one that I did like on the – commander's side diami brown at 25 to 1 intrigues me um i don't think that he has found the end zone yet i think he's at no i'm sorry he has one touchdown this season if i'm not no he hasn't scored yet but i mean i can see a world where the defense of the bears is focused on terry mclaurin and, and trying to slow him down and they find an opportunity for diami brown i mean is more than not likely, but again, at the price of 25 to 1, I don't hate that. I mean, if any time touchdowns also at 5 to 1, so that kind of tells you what the books are thinking here. So, um, Justin Fields, 11 to 1, Washington defense at 28 to 1. And then uh, I'll throw in, I like Jahan Dotson as well, 11 to 1. I really like that price for him. Uh, that's over on DraftKings. He's 10 to 1 uh, at FanDuel as well. So, um, yeah, I'll go with those four there. Diami Brown. 25 to 1 Washington Commanders defense slash special teams 28 to 1 Justin Fields at 11 to 1 and then Deami Brown at um I'm sorry um who did I mention it was in the 20s uh John Dotson I'm sorry 11 okay. to 1 yeah all right I was gonna say my, my honorable mention would be the uh Logan Thomas uh okay. if I had to pick one other guy but I already gave out my four I'm gonna stick with it but Logan Thomas I thought about because they actually ran a QB sneak with him last week yeah. So maybe they'll end up using him in that type of role. But mm-hmm. Logan Thomas is finally healthy. He's one of Hal's favorite targets. That would be another guy I was tempted by. But I didn't really like the price point uh, at 12 to 1. I thought it should have been a little bit higher. All right. Uh, anytime touchdown, uh, what do you like there, Scott? So for anytime touchdown, I actually went with Commander's defense and special teams okay. uh, at 6 to 1. I took a flyer. If you want to go for the safer option, of course, you can go with Robinson or any of those guys. But... Uh, I know Terrell and I usually try to give out something plus 175 or higher okay. in this section for value. 
Commanders defense special teams at plus 600, I think it's a bargain. Once again, Chicago's allowed a defensive touchdown in three of its four, uh, first four games this season. I can't ignore that. That's crazy. I got to go with the plus 600 play here. Uh, all right. Um, I will take, I mean, you mentioned it for first touchdown score, Sam Howell. I'll take his anytime at plus 350. I mean, he already has, or I should say he has what, uh, I know he has one rushing touchdown this season. Uh, and you mentioned that he is a very mobile quarterback as well. He's also able to utilize his legs. Does have 11 carries for 82 yards. I know not that doesn't really jump off of the page, but that just at least tells you that, you know, if and when he needs to use his legs, he will go out and do it. He does also have a long a rush of 20 yards this season. Um, so, again, if that that kind of hole opens up or he's able to see the end zone or maybe it's a quarterback sneak or that type of, you know, or the, the tush push uh, that's been uh, coined by what Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense does, I think that he should be uh, or he couldn't find the end zone near at plus 350. Uh, any more you do like for any time touchdown? Uh, well, I already mentioned the chalk, which I do think, I do think that McLaurin or Robinson is going to score maybe both. So one of those two is interesting. Mm -hmm. Dotson, I like a lot as a player, but it really feels like Hal doesn't target him as much in the red zone as he should. Mm -hmm. I know that just me who noticed that, but it feels like he should get more work in the red zone. Yeah. I thought about maybe Curtis Samuel because he's kind of a Swiss army knife, but he's a bit banged up. So I think I'm going to stay away from him. Fields doesn't get used enough in the red zone, but he's always an option. I don't really have much. Maybe Darnell Mooney at five to one if I wanted to make a case for a bear because he is the number two receiver and he's at five to one. But it's mostly going to be chalk. And I mentioned my long shot with Commanders defense. Yeah, I do see on FanDuel DJ Moore's at plus two hundred uh, compared okay. to plus one fifty five on DraftKings. Um, so I'll, I mean, I'll take DJ Moore there. Uh, I, I, I love his game. I think that he's obviously the top wide receiver for the uh, Chicago Bears. He's leading the team in targets or tied uh, as far as targets, which I know you mentioned with Cole Komet there that the commander's uh, defense against the tight end position has been very, very good this season. So I think that that should open up um, opportunities for DJ Moore as far as targets and and such. So I know he only has two touchdowns on the season, but I think at, at two to one, um, if the Bears want to win this game, I, I think that, or, you know, we expect this to be a game with points being scored. DJ Moore should be able to find the end zone. So at two to one, currently over on FanDuel, uh, I'll get down on that as well. Last order of business here, Scott. Let's wrap it up with our best bets uh, for this Thursday night football game between the Bears visiting the Commanders. Uh, you want to leave us off? Uh, yeah. So for me, I, I like a lot in this game, honestly. Thought about the Commanders spread, but I don't know if I want to put that as my lock or my best bet, I should say. I keep gravitating towards that commit longest reception under at 15, 15 and a half yards. I just think that number's too high. It feels like a massive overreaction to one game against one of the worst defenses in the league. I'm on the longest reception under 15 and a half yards, gone under in three of four, under in six of eight, and Washington, once again, is elite against tight ends. I'm going with the under for longest reception as my lock. All right. Um, all right. For my best bet slash lock, I'm trying to find a team total for the commanders. We're just doing the math here. 44 and a half. So it should be around what? 24 and a half, 25 and a half, possibly. Um, well, 
Wait, no, it'd be a lot higher than that because you're 44. that would be a twenty four seventeen game, which would get you to forty one. So you're so looking then 20, at like what twenty seven and a half. You're looking well. What's the total at? Forty four and a half. Yeah, forty four and a half. So you're looking at around like a twenty five and a half, give or take. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that regardless of if anything, I think if it is twenty five. Okay, let me look, go to this easier side. It's going to be around twenty five and a half, twenty four and a half, something. Yeah. In the ballpark. Uh, let me go over to a site that I know where it's easy to find because it's like digging through a hole or trying I'm to that's find twenty five nineteen. So that 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 would be around twenty five and a half. Yeah. Um. Let me go to. So I, let's just assume it's twenty five and a half while I pull up the number here, but. I mentioned it at the uh, earlier in the episode that the um, Bears defense have now, or sorry, the Bears team have lost 14 uh, straight games dating back to last season. Uh, that has carried over to this season. They've allowed at least 25 points in each of those 14 losses. I do see a 24 and a half out there. Um, again, I think this is a game where we'll, we'll, I think the commanders will get over this number of, of 24 and a half. Um, I mean, you take a look at what they've done during this season uh, alone. I know the first week against the uh, Cardinals, they weren't able to get over this points mark, but against some of the poorer defenses, they were able to put up 35 against the Broncos. They got 31 against a, a, I think we could say a less the uh, league below league average uh, secondary in the Eagles. I know they're dealing with a lot of injuries as well. And now you get to go up against uh, the bear secondary where I think they should able be able to score points in this game. So I'll take the commanders team total over 24 and a half in this game uh, as my uh, best bet uh, for this Thursday night football game here. Scott, do we give out a dog here as well? Uh no. If you want to, okay. you can. But we usually just do usually the anytime touchdowns plus money. That's our dog. Okay. All right. So I think that wraps it up then. Uh, for this Thursday night football game, Scott. Anything else we want to mention before we get out of here? Uh yes. Usually I do the afternoon game show Wednesday night. That's gonna yep. be rescheduled. Uh, Terrell's a bit sick, but also there apparently is a bug going on between the hosts for the show because there's another <laughs> uh, host that's also sick. So they're going to be rescheduling the morning game show. We're going to try to push the afternoon game show to tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Same thing with the morning show. So I probably a double header uh, tomorrow for the NFL gambling podcast, which is a great reminder to just subscribe uh, to the NFL gambling podcast, YouTube channel. Uh, you'll get that notification when we do go live anytime uh, discussing uh, NFL football uh, throughout the week here so uh yeah definitely do yourselves a favor and hit that subscribe button if you are watching live uh, or did watch this on the stream on youtube please uh do us a favor and hit that like button and also if you haven't already left us a rating and review for the nfl gambling podcast uh please go ahead and do so you can also follow us on twitter at sgpn nfl i know our uh, weekly power rankings uh will be dropping uh fairly soon uh on wednesday and then our lock dog uh, tease graphic will also be uh, dropping uh, probably by Friday morning at the latest. Uh, so look out for that as well. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Terrell should be back in the saddle tomorrow, hopefully for the afternoon uh, betting picks show for NFL Week 5 and then for next week's Thursday night football game there as well. Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let's it right.